M-M-A. It's in the cage. And welcome to another edition of MMA in the Cage, your pound-for-pound source for mixed martial arts coverage in the podcast world. My name is Estevan McCarthy. With me, as always, Ryan Jenkins. Ryan, what is happening, buddy? Estevan, my uh, my heart's broken. Why is it broken this week, Ryan? <laughs> that's because I'm hi- I'm a highly emotional, depressed person. So that's part of the reason. The other reason was uh, the the women's soccer team that was playing in the Women's World Cup <laughs> yeah. went up, went, went up one to nothing, one late, nil, one nil, one nil late in the game, and then gave up a uh, gave up a goal to the uh, Japanese team with probably like twenty minutes to go left in uh, regulation, and so it goes into overtime, and then they end up playing like two fifteen minute overtime periods, and that the Americans ended up scoring in the first overtime, and they were pretty well dominating most of the game. And then within like the last five minutes or so, they gave up another goal in nice. uh, the second overtime. So it ended up going to a shootout where they just their nerves got to them and they fell apart. So wow. my uh, my heart went out to them. But on the on the bright side, uh, my Rangers are on like a 11 game winning streak. So I guess I can't bitch too much. You know, Ryan, actually, uh, speaking of of women, I came to a conclusion this week, and I and I think that. I want to get your opinion on it, okay? Let's say you have, let's say there is an artist out there, okay? An artist who who's talking about banging people, banging people, right? And like drinking and blacking out and like and just having fun. Is that something you can get into? Blacking out? Black, yeah, like drinking so much you black out. No, that's not really fun. I'm, to do I'm that. saying, I'm just saying, like having fun though. Sure, having a good time. Who doesn't like having a good time? Okay, I so Katy Perry has a song that I just she I can't get over it, dude. She's such she, she sings to me, Ryan. She sings to my soul, and I just I love her, and it's so good. And like I just need to get that off my chest for a while. I know that you the only thing you listen to is Metallica, and I know you can we can't see eye to eye on this, but like she just it's just, it's too good. It's too it, good it, of a song to not to not give her props for it. You you will be shocked, but. I was. <laughs> I want to hear I, this. I, I happened to borrow Kristen's um, iPod at one point. Okay. And so her iPod's filled with shit, right? Just Pretty because much. she's she's a chick, and so you know, usually her, just a lot of her tastes and really most things are 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 pretty garbage, uh, but especially in music. And so I'm constantly having to skip, and I've just got it on shuffle, try, just trying to find, you know, something just even listenable. <laughs> and, you know, I, I got to a few songs and kind of listened through them, and there was probably about three or four songs that I listened to, and on the fourth time I was looking down, I was like, okay, this is a, like a Katy Perry song, and this was okay. And so I go back and trying to figure out what the other songs that I was listening to that were, oh, I thought were respectable. Man. They were all Katy Perry songs. That's awesome. That's awesome. I, I love that. I love Katy Perry. Dude, she's I, for some reason I'm not a pop person. You know, I've got a I've got a pretty, uh, you know, particular taste. I guess when it comes to music is a good way to put that. But uh, I don't know that she necessarily sings to me. Um, I, I believe her tits sing to me though, because no, no, uh, don't, don't try I, to cheap it. No, don't try to cheap no, no. emotion here with just, with just try, <laughs> no, I, no, I'm here. She is hot little, though. Yeah, she is. She is very hot. But I mean, like, I, I'm so glad to hear you say this because I was, I was like, dude, this guy, Ryan is going to wreck me a new, <laughs> <laughs> like he's been listening to Metallica since he was seven years old. And that's the only thing that he cares about. No, it's like, there's something about it, dude. She's, she, she's a little different and I don't know what it is, but like, I, I did the same thing. I was, I was in the car with Chris. And I was like, yeah, I like this song. I like this song. And I like this song. I was like, Those are all, all Katy Perry songs. I was like, really? It's pretty good. Not, not too bad. Not too bad. So I'm glad to hear that. I'm not I'm not the only one who thinks that. Okay. Oh, man, that's really – I've been having a, a hard time with that all week. Like, <laughs> You've been str- struggling with your uh... – 
your enjoyment yeah. of Katy Perry. Well, not only that, but like I knew I had to bring it up to you, and I was just like, I know I'm going to get reamed for this, but no, I'm glad we're on the same page, dude. That's all right. Jesus. All right. Now, now that's off the chest, man. Lots been going on this week, Ryan. We yeah, have one one thing that I I gotta I gotta tell you. I ended up almost totally catching up to Breaking Bad. We've got the premiere of the new season that's coming out tonight. Right. And I, I am I, I got all the way through on my DVR this past week, except for the last two episodes that I'm going to watch before this other one comes out. Is it so. not fucking amazing? I told like for those of you who don't know, Ryan had only watched the third season, and that's if you guys watch Breaking been, Bad. If you watch Breaking Bad, you know that's like the worst time to come in because like all the shit went down, and now he's finally coming in like the best part, like the, the final part. So what did you th- think about the first two? Well, the thing is, it was like bits and pieces. So there's probably I probably watched. Um, just from what I've seen here, there's probably been about four episodes that I kind of remembered seeing, you know, here and there. So it wasn't even the full season that I saw. So there's still new stuff, but yeah, I mean, you got to watch the, you got to watch it in its completion because there's a lot of stuff that they talk about that you know just didn't make sense, like all the stuff going back with uh, Pinkman's girlfriend. Yes, like, I, I didn't get, I didn't get any of that stuff before, and it just fucking like killed her. It was like a, fucking yeah, killed it was like her. A, I just watched that last night. So we'll, yeah, me, uh, me and me and Kristen are. I, I actually forced her. I forced it on her finally, and I. Uh, she's actually sitting down and watching it with me. She's actually starting to like it. So it was. It's, it, it was really cool uh, um, to really see him go from you know being so feeble to uh, becoming really bold and becoming a little bit of a badass too. So and he also. Uh, we also saw Keith Jardine get his ass kicked in one of the episodes too. Right, I, right, right. I forgot about that. That's right. So, um, yeah, man, it's a good show. And like, I, I forgot that the season finale is tonight. I still got like, I think the entire third to go through before I watch that. So I'm trying to keep her on track. We're getting like, we're knocking three out a night. So we're on a good, we're on a good pace. Awesome. So speaking of uh, entertainment in the TV industry, Ryan, Netflix. I, I believe you're a you're a subscriber of the uh, of the Netflix. Is that is that true? The greatest and continues to be the greatest um, source of entertainment as far as uh, buck for buck, cheap entertainment. Yes, dude. I everyone is up in arms like oh, I'm gonna fucking cancel Netflix. They raised their prices sixty five percent. It's like wow, it's fifteen dollars now. Okay, fifteen for for the biggest package that you can get. Is that really is that really a whole bunch to like get all up in arms about? I'm gonna pay it. I'm doing no, it. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, you pay 15 bucks a month for what your HBO and right. You know, if you watch, you know, maybe a couple of their series on there, then you're getting, you know, whatever entertainment out of that. You've got just a huge library with Netflix that they do streaming online, and then plus you can still get the new DVDs sent to you as well. So, uh, you know, I. It should have been raised a, a while back. The nine ninety nine deal that they had before was was phenomenal. And yes, you know, naturally people are going to bitch. About I was the, I was down price there price. with them when they were with seven ninety nine. I'm still not bitching. Okay, <laughs> I'm still not bitching. It's all right. I can still. I, it's because I mean we were talking about this right before we got on there. Like the, the internet companies right now cannot even handle the bandwidth of people being on the internet because a shit ton of people are using Netflix because what what they're always watching something on it. It's the best thing ever. Every time I'm in the airport, I just pull up my damn phone and I'll watch a couple episodes of something. It's 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 great. Yep, the best value in in entertainment for sure, no doubt. Absolutely. And then let's see what else happened this week. We had that one chick get off on a murder charge, which you know, honestly, I, I, Ryan, I'm you, glad we're on the same page, dude. You you were pro- proclaiming her as uh, the the white man's OJ. White that, man's OJ. Is that what you said to me? That's what everyone else has been like trying to portray her as. Like, oh, this is the worst thing that happens since OJ. But it's like, first of all, we wanted her to go down, and every all the black community wanted OJ to get off. So it's it's completely wrong. I, I was totally off on that, but. <laughs> I mean, like, really, though, I mean, it, it. do I care? No. I mean, there's a million so, people dying over in Africa. So you what know, ended up happening? Did she not have a glove that fit? Yeah, exactly. She's not guilty. Like, like, her, like the pantyhose didn't fit? Yeah. So, 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 so she got acquitted? Some ridiculous shit like that. It's just like, why make other people's problems your problems? Like, you got, like, Darfur, everyone's dying. We're, like, almost at a, all, like a high red alert with missile crisis and nuclear holocaust. It's like, who gives a fuck if, like, a lady gets off a of murder? It's very yeah. sad, and I'm sorry that the child died. But you know what? She had her she had her day in court, and they, did, and they said not guilty, so. You know, I, 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 I thought the same thing. These people that are still, you know, going after uh, Roger Clemens, and he had that, they, the judge declared his trial as a mistrial here. 
uh, this past week. And it's like over this, the steroids thing, like why is Congress even messing with guys in baseball taking steroids? Like right. we got, we got better shit to do than, you know, figure out whether, you know, Roger Clemens took a needle in the ass back in 2004. <laughs> like, who cares? I completely agree. It's, you know, the healthcare is in the toilet. We're about, we're about you know, we, we killed one terrorist in the last 10 years, and yet we have to spend all of Congress's time talking about the fairness of, of a sport. A sport that my, I just want to throw out there. Not that good. Not that good. I'm not, <laughs> not a fan. Okay. So, anyways, uh, you, you had your, your, your big celebrity run-in um, this past week with uh, Nate Marquardt, right? I did. I did. So I felt a little jealous, so I, I had to go check out some live fights out in Frisco, Texas. Um, normally, our West Texas, you know, MMA promoter, uh, Shark Fights, actually came out here to the Dallas area and uh, put on a decent, decent little show. Right. Um, so I would say you and I have been watching the shark fights for a while when we when we both used to live back in Lubbock. How I you know it's been a couple of years since we've been to a shark fight event. How how I, since then they've had like pay per view events and they've been on HD a lot more. Have you seen like an improvement in in like the quality in and that they're just the promotion in, in general? Yeah. Well, you know the just the location where they had the event here was just a little bit nicer than typically what we'd see out there in West Texas. It was probably, it was probably the size of, um, I don't know, maybe the one, um, that convention center that was out in Odessa, uh, as, as far as the number of people that were there. Okay. Uh, but, but it's a little bit nicer, a little bit newer arena. It's up in uh, Frisco where there's, you know, a bunch of money that's out there. So it's just a little bit newer stuff. Um, good event. Um, I ended up talking with uh, Mike Van Arsdale. Okay. Um, he was cornering one of the fighters, and I actually sat kind of right where this. Uh, they ended up having it in a place where they usually do. Uh, uh, it was like a hockey arena, and so they've got, you know, the the little tunnel on the midway through the uh, the stadium there, where all the the players will go in and out to get to the locker rooms and whatnot. And I sat right there, right at the, right at the glass, and I was like two rows up, so. Um, you know, I was right there face level with, with the, you know, fighters when, uh, kind of when they were coming out BS and all that. So, um, I was able to talk with a few guys. Unfortunately, I was really hoping, uh, uh, what's his name? Eddie Bravo was there. He was cornering, uh, uh, the wild man, uh, uh, Horwich. Okay. Um, so That's I was right. hoping he, he Horwich are all kinds of buddies. I forgot. About yeah. I, I was hoping he would come out cause I was really wanting to get a, uh, a pick with him. Um, but that didn't happen. So the best I got was, uh, Van Arsdale who nobody so you did, you did get Van, Van, Van Arsdale then. What's that? So you did get the pick with Van Arsdale then? I didn't get a pick with him cause I didn't really care about getting a picture with him. I just talked to him about his fighter. So that was, I was the only one that recognized him. No, nobody knew who he was. The guy, yeah. fought, I don't think he's fought in, you know, five years or so. But he's been uh, training guys for a while. Um, Where's he at he, right now? Um, I think California? he's in. I think he. Yeah, he's in California somewhere. Um, I, <clears throat> I, I can't remember where or what the uh, the camp was called. But he was uh, cornering this guy that was uh, Armenian and Swedish. Okay. Um, who ended up having a, a a pretty sizable crowd that was behind me. There was probably about forty people that were there, <laughs> and they were all right there in just a you know a certain section. And he ended up fighting to a decision. He told me this guy was uh, this badass wrestler who had real heavy hands, which it kind of the fight ended up kind of playing out that way. But he was a counter striker. And so he was not very aggressive. He ended up backing away most of the fight. He ended up losing by unanimous decision. But when they initially announced the the decision, they announced him as the winner. And so all these crazy Arminians that have flags and shit like that were out there you know, yelling like crazy, thinking that he won the fight. And then a minute later, the ring announcer comes back up and, you know, says, oh, wait a second, I, you know, we made a mistake. It's actually oh. this other dude that won. Whoa. And so these <clears throat> Armenians start getting pissed and they're yelling and they're cussing. And uh, the guy that ended up winning kind of jumped up, at the, you know, on the cage and straddled the cage. And he started looking over at the Armenian guys and they started – you know, yelling at him, <laughs> and then he and then he started taunting them, pointing down for them to come down to the cage. Uh, and then he he jumps off the cage and he does like this, you know, kick combo. I thought it was pretty funny. And then he ends up going, going and leaving. And then I look back up, and like that whole section of 40, 40 people just 
they were all basically gone. There was probably a handful of them that were that were left that were still going to watch the rest of the fights. Wow. And um, one of the guys was just drunk and started, you know, screaming out, fuck you, judges, you guys are pieces of shit, just totally obnoxious. And this is in between that's fights. Fucked, I mean, that's pretty fucked, though. I mean, that that's that's I I've, how often do you see that? happen? I mean, you're told that you're one. Oh, by the way, no, I'm sorry. We, we, we made a mistake. It was yeah. not the, it's not the judges though, is it? It's pretty much the announcer typically. Uh, yeah, it, it had to have been the uh, the ring announcer. So that or the guy that that tallied the the fights up uh, or tallied the cards up. Um, he had to have been the one. They just overturned a decision about that a couple of weeks ago because uh, they like they missed. They miss uh, added the cards up, and so they actually had to return. Or yeah, and that was yeah, that was at another shark fights that was in like New Mexico. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. So, yes, yeah. Shark fights has really improved. Going back to your <laughs> question, there they've really tightened up the ship. They actually, it's a, it's a different owner than it was uh, before. So oh really? That guy that was there, whose uh, like wife had died or whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think he he doesn't own it anymore. It's just one of his other buddies. It's too bad. Uh, and then uh, I guess the only other fights that would be notable, uh, Rico Rodriguez fought. He's won like seven or eight or more than that in a row, but he's fought nothing but but chumps. And the guy that he was supposed to fight initially um, was a guy that had a decent record. He was like 14 and five or something like that. And he looked to be kind of a respectable guy. Um, and they ended up scrapping the fight literally the like the day of the fight um, because he couldn't make weight. And it was supposed to be a heavyweight fight. It was billed as a heavyweight fight um, on the on their website. And then apparently, like the contracted weight was at you know a two thirty catch weight. Oh. And so the guy was like two hundred and fifty pounds the day before. And so he he starts to try and cut down to to cut the weight, and he just wasn't able to get um, he wasn't get able to get all the way down. He got down to like two thirty eight, and they wouldn't let him cut anymore. Dude, fuck uh, go, dude. I hate that guy. Like he's such a he's. If he, I I don't really watch it, but do you ever see like his scene on um, what the fuck was it? Um, the Doctor Drew drug rehab show. He no. He goes no. into depth about how he like how he thought it was really funny how. One time, him and his girlfriend were drunk. Like he was drunk, drinking and driving, and uh, he gets in a car crash. And they're both, and like he wakes up, he comes to, he looks in the side seat, and his girlfriend is like, she could be very well dead. So he gets out of the car, takes her limp body, and puts it into the driver's seat, and he gets into the passenger seat. So it makes it. He's like, well, she's dead already, so I might as well get her in trouble instead of me. And so, and and he's fucking like laughing it up about this, and like. Everyone, <laughs> Everyone's just like looking at him, like he's like, yo, I usually get a laugh from that. He's like, yeah, well, you're you're a fucking douche. Like, what? Why would I laugh about that? Like, and it's it's just ridiculous, dude. I mean, that's that's fucked. That's fucked. What's funny is that he was bold enough to just admit it like that. Like, what he did was was actually comical. Or you should get a laugh yeah. because that is so awful. That's the only reason why I was laughing at it. What a piece of fucking garbage. I know, man. It kind of makes you think about it, but yeah, he was, uh, yeah, fuck him. I'm not, not a huge Rico fan. Yeah. Anyways, he, he ends up getting this guy that just, that, that comes in, you know, that was on the card to fight at two Oh five. I don't know how this guy would have fought at two Oh five. He was a fat blob of nothing. Was he it was the black like, guy? He was like three and 13. He's got like two huge stab wounds in his in his stomach <laughs> and his guts just hanging over him. Like he's got like you know three ass you know I guess six ass cheeks if you uh, <laughs> the two that were on his stomach or the four that were on his stomach and the two two on his ass. But he ended up uh, uh, rear naked choking him early in the first round. That was a lame fight. And then uh, Jake Rochalt ended up decisioning uh, Matt Hoare, which which I was kind of unimpressed with it. I thought the uh, the bottom uh, part of the card actually had a lot more exciting fights. Um, I don't like Rochelt at all. And everybody's, you know, saying, oh, he needs to be back in the UFC. He never should have got caught. The dude w- had got out, outstruck a few times by Matt Horwich. Horwich's stand-up is horrible, is terrible, terrible. And Horwich hurt him on a couple of occasions. Uh, Rochelt just doesn't have a chin um, is what I'm getting at. And his, his stand-up is so stiff. And the thing is, he's supposed to have these – you know, this crazy, uh, you know, these crazy takedowns with his uh, wrestling background. And I just don't see him being a, a dominating wrestler that can get on top of guys, stay on top and ground and pound him at the at the level at middleweight in the UFC. I just right. No, no, I, I completely agree. But yeah, and Rochelle, though, I mean, with me, my my biggest grope with Rochelle always is that his face looks like 
I don't. It looks like like someone's like pulling back, like in the back of his head. They're just yanking on his skin, like making it really tight. I don't know. I just can't get over his face. Yeah, he's got a weird. He's got is a weird something, face. Is that, is that just me? Is that is no, 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 like no, no. He does. He By does, the way, I'm looking at the the guy that beat Rico or that guy that Rico fought. The uh, the cage killer Doug Williams at a a staggering five and thirteen record. <laughs> I think that's even exaggerated. <laughs> yeah, no shit, dude. It's that fu- guy had, funny that though. Guy Dale, Dale Schoonover beat him like three times to fucking even inflate his record even more. <laughs> ridiculous dude i can't believe i ever got behind him because <laughs> he beat uh he beat, beat big rex who we, we thought was the uh the next big thing yeah whatever so yeah. anyways <laughs> ryan what do we got next man man we've got huge fight announcements just like the ufc decided to announce a hundred different fights that we got to tell you about um huge Huge change in uh, the UFC uh, 133 main event and uh, some crazy uh, decision that uh, Dana decided to make here about a month ago that we still haven't talked about um, that we're going to get to here after the break. Whether you yearn to eliminate unsightly debris from those hard-to-reach spaces between your teeth or you crave a splash of bacon to spice up a boring oral hygiene routine, these bacon-flavored toothpicks are for you. Arm yourself with invigorating pig freshness and the confidence that you can take on the world. The next time you pick out, you'll be glad you have these flavorful slender sticks of wood by your side. Bacon-flavored toothpicks. Put them in your mouth. This is not a product. So do not attempt to buy us at home. MMA in the Cage and his associates are currently looking for sponsorship and we'll be more than happy to put your awesome product in this space. If you have any questions, please contact us at mmaandthecage at gmail.com. You're listening to Esteban McCarthy and Ryan Jacobs on MMA and Cage. All right, and welcome back to MMA and the Cage. If you're still here with us, we're about to break down some MMA fights, probably mostly in the UFC world. Ryan, what do you got for us? I know, it's very disturbing. I know, I'm sorry. I... <laughs> I don't know. What's more disturbing is I started to draw a little bit of wood there. Yeah, you like that? I should probably go deeper next time. Hold on, hold on. And welcome back to MMA in the Cage. No, you no. don't have a voice. No, no I don't. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me try again. Let me try again. And little lady lovers out there, welcome back to... No? Is it, is it, is it working? No, no I'm, okay. not a, I'm not Let's a lady lover. Let's just get lover. into it. Let's just get into it. You're not a lady lover? <laughs> Let's just get into it, man. Uh, we had a lot of fights to talk about. Not a lot of fights to talk about. We had a lot of fight announcements that happened this last week uh just to start us off man frankie edgar and gray mater finally finally ryan this fight may happen if if they can stay injury free um we've been waiting months and months and months and probably years uh for for a lightweight fight that does not include the same people as the fight before and um yeah man i'm just happy that this is this is in the books now and we just i just want to get it done with i just want to get it done with yes we we need to move past this we need closure for God's sakes, I with know. these two guys. So, so Frankie Edgar can lose and go down uh, to 145 or you think whatever. He's going to lose? No, I, no. Frankie Edgar will win and then he'll lose to the next fighter in the in, in our in our fights to announce Melvin Gillard versus Joe Lozon. Um, that's going to be an interesting fight. Uh, it's going to be take place on the same card in Houston at UFC 136. I have a lot to say about this, Ryan, but I'm going to hold it back because it's general thought of the entire lightweight division. And what's going on there? So um, my 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 thought on this fight is what we've got here is a championship fight for the number one first round fighter in Melvin Gillard versus Joe Lazon. Both those dudes come out with a fury, and um, we've had Melvin as the top guy, and I think he stays there. I agree. I agree. So uh, then we had Carlos Condit versus BJ Penn for 137 in Las Vegas. Uh, BJ Penn, I, you know, Ryan, you called this last week. This is pretty much the only. This is the only fight that for BJ Penn and for Carlos Condit at this point. You know, the that that division, everyone's kind of fought everyone, or they're from AKA and they don't want to fight each other. So I think this is a good. I think this is a better move. I don't know. I pro- this is probably a better move for Condit. Um, I think if Penn wins, I don't, I don't necessarily think he gets a shot at, uh, at um, whatever the fuck his name is, GSP. 
I think it's hard to say, though, because the BJ Penn and John Fitch fight uh, was supposed to be, uh, you know, number one contender fight. And so that went to a draw, obviously, and they really didn't have interest in, you know, a rematch with Fitch again. And like I was mentioning last week, I I think this is a very entertaining fight uh, just because both the guys have very good striking and very good submissions. And so... Uh, I think Carlos Condit is a little more dynamic as far as his strikes on the feet and that he uses his hands and feet and knees and uh, other wild stuff. And BJ Penn has, you know, one of the best, I guess, is one of the best boxers. He's got a good jab. Uh, in <laughs> in MMA. So um, I think that could be very interesting. BJ Penn's got a very good chin. Uh, Condit has got a good chin. Um, he recovers well. Uh both of them fight very well off their back. So it really, this is one of those fights. It doesn't really matter where it goes. I think we're going to see a very exciting fight here. So this is the fight that I wanted. I'm glad they're putting it together. Yeah. And then next we had, um, who else was announced? Uh, Dave Pee Wee Herman and, uh, uh, Mike Rousseau. Uh, that's also going to be fighting their, um, UFC 136 in Houston. Um, you know, Dave Herman has never impressed me. Um, his last fight, he's so reckless the way he fights and he gets hit a lot. And I don't think he's going to be able to hit Rousseau with anything that Rousseau hasn't been hit with before, considering that Rousseau got hit with, he got just battered against uh, Todd Duffy. Yeah. yeah. And then with that amazing, amazing KO <laughs> and still finish. Was able to, yeah. So I think he's got the chin and he's got the wrestling ability to take down Herman. So I think this is actually a pretty, uh, pretty easy fight for Rousseau. Yeah, I'm out to agree. And then uh, also we have who else we have, man? Mike Dantic versus Matt Wyman, Charlie Brenneman versus Anthony Johnson. Ah, that's a that's a big step up, man. I mean, like honestly, it was a big step up for Brenneman to go against uh, Story, but then to throw him against Johnson. I mean, Johnson is a big, big, big dude. And uh, I don't know, man, because he's he's also not that good at wrestling, and Brenneman obviously is a good wrestler. So I don't know. That's going to be, I, mean, I don't know. I think uh, Brennan actually may have a chance in that one since Anthony Johnson's wrestling really isn't that good. It's not, it's not great, but um, he won his last fight because he was able to win because of his wrestling. Oh, um, against uh, Dan Hardy. Wow. Yeah. The, the but, amazing but yes, takedown. But, but, but you're, you're right. He's like, he's got like negative wrestling ability. Let's break it. Let's break it. <laughs> you're right. right. <laughs> so he helps you with like, the takedown. Well, yeah. It's like, this is somebody that it's not, somebody with no experience would be, you know, a zero or a one. And yeah, Dan Hardy, like he just throws himself to the ground. <laughs> so, I mean, let's, let's talk about Brennan Johnson real quick. I mean, I honestly, you know, looking at this fight that just had at face value, I got Brenneman winning this. Uh, Anthony Johnson has shown in the past to lose against wrestlers. And, I mean, he's, he's just predominantly a striker. And Brenneman, I, I, t- I said it last time, he has got a shot like I – like the only person I've seen have a shot like him is GSP. I mean, that the way he transitions from you know, like the, the striking to the, to the takedown is excellent. God, you overrate pros versus Joes so Why bad. do you call him pros versus Joes? Because he won pros versus Joe's on Spike. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, he was actually on that show. That's why I call him pros versus Joe's. And plus, that. plus, that's also our new, you know, upset. He's going to get pros versus Joe's. Um, he's not going to pros versus Joe's. Anthony Johnson. He's going to get knocked out by Anthony Johnson. Hard so, to say, man. Hard his, to say. his hands are way too quick. He is a lot stronger and he is a lot bigger than Brenneman. So I would definitely favor uh, uh, Rumble Johnson in this. Yeah. Uh, the the other fight you had the Mac Danzig and Matt Wyman what a eh. step step down for Wyman having to go back and rematch Mac Danzig who he's already beat before right like that that, that kind of sucks after you know what I thought ended up beating you know a top contender in uh, in Dennis Seaver so uh, big step down for Wyman especially because he's fighting on this it's a versus event so it's not even a pay per view event right so. and also we had Tom Lawler versus Chris Wyman uh, joins UFC 138 lineup. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, you know nothing too notable. I thought um, right, but I think the big I think the big notable one though is this next one. Um, we had Evan Dunham versus Shamar Bailey for UFC Fight Night 25. Ryan, Ryan, what do you know about Shamar Bailey? We we uh, we talked about Matt Wyman having a big step down in competition after fighting top guys. What happened with Evan Dunham? He's fighting Shamar. 
who are you, Bailey? Like we, I we think... collectively don't know jack shit about Shamar Bailey. Now I'm now I'm gonna reread. Now I'm gonna reread you a couple a couple of the the lightweight fights. Did okay? you check his Wikipedia? I did not check his Wikipedia. I'm going <laughs> off of I'm going off the the fucking wing here. Okay, so we have M, Evan Dunham going against Shamar Bailey. We have Dennis Stever versus Sam Stout. We have Melvin Gillard versus Joe Lozano. Okay, those are all. Oh, I'm sorry. And then we also have Anthony Pettis versus um, Jeremy Heathen, Heathen Stevens. Great Jeremy fight. Heathen Stevens. Okay. Now, now see, look at the look. The, all of these guys that are, are the ones I said first are top name fighters going against guys that are clearly better than at this point. The UFC is it, the, I, the the backlog has finally happened, Ryan, with the fighters trying to get to the top. So now they're just giving them the, just the shitty, you know, uh, sacrifice wolves. I mean, sacrifice lambs at this point. I mean, Evan Dunham, Shamar Bailey, are you kidding me? They're, they're, I've never heard of this guy. And Evan Dunham is a, I mean, even though he's lost a couple in a row, still a top 10 lightweight. I mean, Dennis Seaver going against Sam Stout. Sam Stout is 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 always been a a undercard guy who I mean, yeah, he's kind of fun to watch, but I mean, he's gonna get rolled over in that one. And then Jeremy wow. Stevens is the perennial. Jeremy Stevens is the no. per- hold on. Jeremy Stevens is the perennial like the perennial. I'm almost on the spike card contender, but no, I just got knocked back down to. Uh, to the undercard. No, no, he, he can never get past that one fucking thing. But no, but do you really think he needs to be fighting here? I mean, th- these these guys, as I said, the backlog with Gray Maynard versus Frankie Edgar, with them putting off this belt so long, th- you're starting to see these really good fighters. Like, they're, they're trying to hold off on just putting all of them against each other, or else you're not going to have anyone to fight for the belt here in a year. You're right. They, part, of the, part of the reason where you, you think there's this huge you know, disparity, uh, with talent, you know, with the opponents. I don't know that, uh, I don't know that I totally agree with that, but I think part of that is, you know, what you're seeing is, yeah, they want to get the guys that they want wins. I think that's especially clear in the Evan Dunham and Shamar Bailey. Like I said before, I'm not familiar with Bailey at all. He's a tough guy, I'm guessing, but Evan Dunham, you know, you said he's lost two fights in a row. Well, he didn't lose that fight against Shirk. He got screwed on a freaking decision. Thank you. And and he was also <clears throat> the fight with Melvin Gillard. He, you know, he took some real big shots. He ended up getting, you know, TKO'd. But that's against Melvin Gillard in the first round, who is, you know, a very top lightweight guy who has just been, you know, an absolute beast here the past couple of years. So, you know, that it was a loss against a, a top five guy, I would say. And so that really doesn't set him all the way down to, to facing Shamar. Who are you Bailey? That's the one that I would have the big bitch with. Um, you know, your fight with Anthony Pettis and Jeremy Stevens, I think is actually going to be a pretty competitive fight. Really? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know, man. Like Jeremy Stevens does not offer any one, one way to finish a fight. You know what I mean? Like he's got he's pretty got good huge, hands. He's, he's got, got pretty good hands. He's, he's got, got pretty good hands. Power. Oh well who did he knock out last? He knocked out um the guy that just fought in the XFC last week. Um Jesus uh hand grenade. Uh what the fuck is his name? Marcus. Hand grenade. Marcus, Marcus Davis. Davis. Okay. You know Marcus Davis is what in his like fifties by now. I mean yes he knocked out Marcus Davis but like he's got like okay boxing. He's got okay ground game but like he's not he doesn't he does not pose a a threat Anywhere besides, you know, winning a fight. Anthony Pettis poses a threat everywhere in a fight, including winning a decision. Yeah, well, I think, you know, Stevens can win a decision, too. I think their striking is going to be interesting. That's where the fight's going to end up being. And so I think we're actually going to see a pretty good good striking battle. Of course, you got to give Pettis, you know, he's the more dynamic striker. He does crazy stuff, obviously, the flying kick and off the cage and Don't all you that downplay matters. that. Don't you downplay that kick, okay? You got to <laughs> scream when you say that. You know what? It is. He landed that kick, and I've seen that attempted so many times. They got attempted at the shark fights. Oh, really? Uh, yes. Yeah, I've, I've seen, uh, you know, flying punches and flying kicks off the cage. Um, a lot of people have attempted it. Nobody landed it clean like um, Pettis did, which is, the, which is the difference. That's obviously the difference. That's the first time he's tried it in the fight, too, and landed so clean. I mean, yes. like it, was just, it was just so perfect. That entire fight was amazing. Anyways, I'm sorry. Continue. But I think that their stand-up is uh, it, it's going to be relatively close. So um, I, I think we'll probably see Pettis win that. If it goes to the ground, you're right. Pettis is – he's got extremely good jiu-jitsu. Um, you know, if he gets top control or even if he ends up getting uh, – 
um, uh, Jeremy Stevens in his guard. He's, he's got real good guard as well. So um, definitely you got to favor Pettis on the ground and slightly on the feet. But, uh, you know, Stevens hits hard. So I, I like that fight. I don't think it's, you know, it'll be entertaining. I don't think it'll, it's that huge disparity. Um, the Dennis Seaver and Sam Stout, you think Sam Stout's a chump. Sam Stout's got a ridiculous chin. Chin. And that's and it. Like, I mean, hands of stone. Get, I mean, he, Sam hands of stone style. Like, when was the last time we saw him knock somebody out? I believe it was, like, the first fight in the UFC. Other than that, in the last 10, it's all UDs. And they're all split decision UDs, like, might I add. <laughs> I mean, like, the, no, guy, like, the guy no. is not a – like, he's, he, he is he, a, not a good fighter. No, he knocked, out, he knocked out uh, Eve Edwards in their yes. left. So – when was, yes. he, when was that? Yeah, when did, when did he fight Yevs? That was that was back in June. Okay, okay. So well, yeah, that's pretty recent. He's got, he's got decent hands. Um, you know, I don't think he's gonna knock Seaver out, but I think that's actually gonna be a pretty damn entertaining. I don't know, but like I, my my problem though is like Seaver has come off like you, you know you what whatever you have to say about the last fight with Weedman, it doesn't matter. Okay, he's come off a good a lot of wins over top competition and now you're throwing him Sam Stout. Now, are you doing that because you are throwing him a lamb or are you doing that because you think it's going to be a good fight or what? I that, that like I just don't this this just <coughs> Excuse me. This fight, Ryan, raises so many more questions than it does answers for me, and that's why I'm a little pissed, pissed off about it. Excuse me. <laughs> what do you think, man? You know, I think that that fight there is just – it's a good a good fight with its timing because it just kind of leaves, you know, Seaver uh, – you know, it gives him a fight that's very winnable for him. He's not facing off against, you know, dominant wrestler with crazy submissions – um, it's a good fight for the fans. And the thing is, he's kind of in a test pattern right now because he's going to need to build up several wins to get back to where he was at. Because, believe it or not, I know the UFC saw that fight too, and they they were thinking it was a lot closer against Wyman than, you know, than what it ended up being. So, and most people, from what I've seen, I thought that uh, um, a lot of people tended to favor uh, Wyman winning as well. So, um, I think that's why he kind of stepped down in competition despite winning his last fight. Mm. Meh. Meh. So, okay, so where was he going to go? Was he going to was he going to face Melvin Gillard for? Number I don't know. One? Honestly, for like a couple months ago, I thought that was going to be a good fight. They're both real nice and thick. They're both exciting fighters. I mean, he's coming off but like before this last fight with Matt Wyman, he was coming off three three fight win streak. He beat George Sotiropoulos, was which by most people's accounts was a number was a guy who was going to be fighting for a belt. The what the with with what with the. The rate that he was winning and the people that he was winning against, George Sotiropoulos was put on a track to to go for a belt. He ended up beating him very, you know, he ended up beating him very decisively. And you know, I mean, I, I yeah, I thought that him and Gillard were actually going to be going out of here pretty shortly. Well, but it's so hard to tell though because it's just such a stack. Like it's so backlogged right now, man. I just I feel very constipated with that that entire division. I'm going to feel really good when this final when this final UFC 136 just happens and then we can just start actually seeing fights that need to happen, happen at lightweight. You know, it's just as long as I continue, uh, you know, putting on exciting fights and yes, we need to get that, the title cleared up. So, you know, we actually get to see some new title fights would be, you know, it'd be nice to see that here eventually. All right. Um, just, just real quickly though, Ryan, we don't just, just a little bit off of UFC um, dream. We have dream coming up. Uh, well, we had dream that happened this past weekend as well. Um, uh, nothing too exciting to come off of it. it. Didn't even air here in America, so I wasn't able to catch any of the fights. Um, the the one thing that I had from it, uh, uh, Gegard Mousasi fight fought on it. He won um, TKO first round. Why is he fighting over in Dream against guys with no experience? I don't I I, I don't get it. He is a he's a top ten uh, light heavyweight um, in my rankings. I can get on and, that and. I have no idea why a guy who's under contract with Strike Force and therefore Zufa is fighting over in Dream. They need to get with him. He's way too exciting of a fighter to not have at least fighting regularly in in Strike Force. In Strike Force. And if not, bring him over to the UFC. I think he's a perfect guy in the UFC. And the thing is 205 needs him honestly because I mean there's so there's so many of the same fights right now like you know we were talking last week like oh what are some good fights for you know uh 
for Tito Ortiz or for for like all these guys at 205. They've all fought each other before. They've all been there for dozens of years, and all of them have at least held the belt, belt one time. So, I mean, it, it's just it's they need some new blood really bad in that division. And I think you're right. Bringing in Musasi, especially right now, I mean, that would be great. I would love to see that. I mean, there's well, so many fights for him at 205. Well, what what did we have happen here uh, this past this this past week? We ended up getting having uh, Little Nog ends up getting injured, and so Rich Franklin's without a um, without a top opponent. Who would what a great fight that would have been? Rich Franklin and Gegard Mousasi. I agree. It's a good way to bring him in and you know introduce him to the UFC fans. He he would have been a great fill. And then we were talking about um, uh, who, who we've got. Uh, Forrest is fighting. Forrest is, is rematching Shogun. You want to see that again, or would you rather see Forrest fight Musasi? I think that would be a lot more interesting. Or Shogun fighting Musasi, starting to see new fights with new guys. You you have these top guys that were over fighting in in Strike Force. There's no reason not to bring them over now. I and completely other, agree. You know the other thing with Musasi too is he fights at 205, but he was fighting before at middleweight, and so he's a guy that you could even bring in at middleweight who could be top contender. So, right. I mean, I completely. And then you, you were you were touching with the uh, with the um, Franklin the little nog fight. I mean, like, there's what did they replace it with? A fight that we've already seen already. We've seen Rashad Evans and Tito Ortiz fight, which we didn't get to, by the way. I apologize, but you know, like, it, it, it's just there's nobody at this point to to just mix things up at all. I mean, 205 is a stagnant division right now, and it's it's starting. I mean, you don't mind it so much because. Everyone at 205 is exciting to watch. I mean, like, it's a great division. It's like real legit athletes that that are at 205. But at the same time, though, it's like we've had the same ones for such a long time. Like, you know, you have your clear line of like these are the guys that were either had a belt at one time or in contention of the belt. And you have the guys who are not breaking that line. I mean, and that's it. And it's been the same ones. I just, yeah. I just I just want to see it change up a little bit. So I mean, Musasi would be a great addition. OSP would be a good decision, or would be a good um, would be a good change of pace for a couple of the guys. I mean, anything different at this point. You're right. Um, I mean, who, who's our new contenders? Like we've had Bader, who got knocked off, who we were thinking was top guy, and then um, and then we've got Phil Davis, and then who else? That's a a Who's a new guy that's fighting in the UFC at light heavyweight that you think could be a title contender? Exactly. I mean, like, I mean, and Phil Davis is not deserved to be a title contender. I mean, like, I think he's a good up and coming fighter, but he's exactly that. He's an up and coming fighter. The guy can wrestle and he threw a couple of good kicks. That's it. I mean, the guy, like, he has so much more development to actually become a good fighter. And they just threw him in with the Wolves immediately just because they have no one more, they have no one else. Yeah. No, thank God for John Jones or else. That, that entire division will be fucked at this point. Yeah, because you have no youth. It, it is all veterans. You've got just veterans that are the top guys that are winning, and it's the same guys, and you can only have the same guys fight each other so many times. Oh, so, shit. yeah, we need we need some uh, new blood, despite having, you know, John Jones, your title holder, um, you know, who's the only, you know, young guy that you can see really holding that for a while. So well, speaking, I really don't of which, speaking of which, have you seen how many commercials John Jones has been in lately? I see him in Bud Light commercials. I see him in Case Swiss commercials. I mean, guy's getting some uh, love. Oh, that's good. Yeah, good. Yeah. You, we kind of expected that. So he's yeah. a marketable guy. If you say the right things and you have the right look and if you're a title holder like that, bank on it. If you're dating a white chick too. I mean, that's that can't help. I, I can't hurt. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well... Uh, Ryan, we got a couple more things to cover. Uh, we are going to take a short break, though. Uh, when we get back, the big thing that Dana White announced last month. Uh, do you want to touch on it now or no? We're going to leave him. We're going to leave him teased a little bit. We tease um, him. Yeah, I'm tingling. So let's we're keep, let's keep that tingle go. We'll be right back. Hey, this is Ryan inviting you to friend us on Facebook and check out our blog at mmainthecage.blogspot.com. And always, shoot us an email at mmainthecage at gmail.com, even if it is just to give us the finger. All right, and welcome back to MMA in the Cage. And Esteban, we need to just wrap up uh, the rest of the news that uh, was announced here this past week. Uh, Big change in the UFC 133 main event 
Um, we lost uh, Mr. Wonderful, uh, Philly Boy Davis, um, got injured. And so the UFC was scrambling around to figure out who the hell's going to fight Rashad Evans, who hadn't fought in, what, like 10 years? I believe it's been 10 years. I believe 10 years. <laughs> and uh, who steps up but the man? The Leota Machida. The Huntington Beach bad boy. Tito Ortiz. We're talking about Leota Machida steps up first, then he goes and fucks over the UFC by <laughs> changing <laughs> contracts that, at the last second. I, blue I love that. Yeah, so, so the, the, initial, uh, the initial report was that Machida took the fight, and I think even Dana had confirmed it. And then uh, Machida decides to call him up and says, I want Anderson Silva money. And Dana says, no, sorry, dude, you already agreed to the fight. And so Machida said, no, I'm not going to fight him. Which bullshit, dude. Fuck. I honestly, I used to be a Machida fan, but that shit like that. I mean, what what do we hate most about Dream? It's when guys like uh, who is the humongous, 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 like 400 pound black dude with roids out, to, like the biggest roided dude ever. Um, Bob, Bob Sapp. Bob Sapp. We hate when guys like Bob Sapp show up to Japan, fly ready to fight, and say, "Oh yeah, by the way, I'd like an extra hundred thousand dollars, please, to fight tonight." I mean, that's the biggest load of shit ever. I'm just glad he did it now. Then, then five months from now, when they're actually fighting, because that's just ridiculous. You know, the thing is, I thought that was a bad fight for Rashad. The thing is, Rashad, at this point, since he hadn't fought in so long, he needs. Is, is whoever they would have put in front of him, he would have had to have fought him. He had no choice. So he has to. I mean, he's been out of the light for so long. It, I mean, like that means your money's going down at that point because you're not as big of a name. I mean, like, I'm sorry. Go, go, go. I'm just saying Rashad was in a horrible place, and then to have to turn around and go from thinking you're going to be fighting Phil Davis to to fighting a very difficult guy to prep for <laughs> in Leota Machida, that was an absolute nightmare. And I thought Rashad just got totally screwed there and then it you know came out that uh, machida wanted more money you know for fighting on short notice you could maybe see uh, them you know maybe throwing a little bone or something like that but it's you know that's that's a hard thing to say and if they were looking to renegotiate a contract i don't know all the details there and the only details are primarily coming from dana white's mouth so it's only one side of the story that you get but um, I agree. You can't agree to fight a guy and then turn around, you know, agree to something and then turn around and say, oh, we need to renegotiate. This is all <laughs> Ed Soros doing. I fucking hate Ed Soros. Ed Soros is the the manager for majority of all Brazilian fighters. He's like the, the chipmunk looking fuck with the goatee that you usually see after every fight. I hate him. He's the whiniest bitch out there. He's a little piece of shit. Just let him fight. Let him get the money that they get and go back to your shitty country. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> wow. Anyways, anyways. Tito Ortiz, Rashad Evans. You know, the thing about this fight, you know, I don't know if I necessarily disagree with it. You know, Rashad Evans was training for Phil Davis. Um, Phil Davis and Tito Ortiz, for the most part, have very similar styles. I mean, if anything, I mean, Tito is like a lesser version of Phil Davis. I mean, you know, he, he's not as good as a wrestler, and his hands are probably probably around the same same area as uh, Phil Davis's are. So it doesn't hurt Rashad at all. Um, Tito Ortiz taking this fight, man. You know, I, you know, nobody was even thinking about Mr. Ortiz a, a month ago. I mean, I, he was literally the farthest thing from my mind. I, it, it, I was thinking, like, yeah, he's going to be out of the UFC. I'll never have to think about him again. He not, he knocked, he drops Ryan Bader, submits him, and now he's about to fight the number one contender for the 205 division. I mean, he, wow. I, you talk about playing your cards right and getting back into the fucking limelight. It was a uh, pretty pretty wild turnaround. It's it, it, do you think he's going to be able to pull off the uh, the the Chris Levin where you know he ends up you know finishing his fight and then you know like three weeks later or four weeks later turn around and and coming out and winning again. I will say this: Do you remember the what when did it happen? Two thousand seven, two thousand eight, when he last fought Rashad Evans. Rashad uh, yeah, but, won that fight. I mean, I'm sorry, Tito Ortiz won that fight. He just so happened to lose because he got deducted a point. He won that fight, though, for the most part. So that's the only reason why Rashad kept his perfect record at the time. But Tito Ortiz dominated Rashad in every aspect of the game. Now, this is a long time ago, later, but he he at least has that little competitive edge over him, knowing at least he went in there and he dominated him for the majority of the time. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. You know, Tito's got, Tito's got a decent chin. Um, yes. His takedowns are decent. Decent. <laughs> and he's and he's got he's got good ground and pound and and he's got good top control which is the yes. big thing is 
if he's able to effectively take down Rashad like he was able to do in their first fight, he could very well decision Rashad. He's not going to knock him out. Um, he doesn't. He just doesn't have the the hands to be able to do it. I don't know, man. Like Rashad, I mean, how cocky is Rashad Evans, and how shitty is Rashad Evans' chin? I mean, how many times have we seen him dropped in the last like four fights? Every time he gets in a fight, he's been dropped. And, and, okay, you know, well, I, and, well, and, okay. And then now look at the last fight with um with Rampage. He knows that he's getting dropped often. He knows that he's not that good at stand up, so he's bouncing around a whole bunch. Now I will say this: if he Tito hits he, half as hard as Rampage does, I that's not even agree. I completely agree. But if he is bouncing around like he was in his last fight, good on his feet, in and out, in and out. He's going to be Tito Ortiz hands down because Tito Ortiz is not a very fast guy. He's very clunky. And you're right. He just has like big ground and pound. That's it. That's all that he has. He doesn't have the speed to keep up with Rashad Evans on the feet. So, it'll, I mean, if, if Rashad Evans takes the approach that he did against Rampage, he'll, he'll definitely win. Yeah, but, you know, th- then we're also getting into Rashad, and we always talk about, you know, what kind of ring rust that you're going to have. And it's been, what, probably 18 months since Rashad's fought. I mean, that's a, that's a good while from being in top competition like that. That's a good point. And, like, if they're wrestling the entire time, that's really going to take it out. I mean, it's going to take it out on Tito, obviously. But, like, you know, wrestling is the most exhausting part of the game. So it would be interesting if he actually ends up getting pinned up against the cage for half a round and seeing how he comes out of that. That'd be, I mean, it, it, you know, honestly, I am, I am interested to see this fight. I mean, but what happened? Let's say Rashad wins. I mean, what what happens then? You know, like well, well, this well, is nothing for t- for Rashad besides keep him in some kind of uh, in some kind of fighting. Uh, in, at least he gets a fight. Like at least he's in the ring again. But what does that do for his status in the two hundred five division? Dana already announced that that's going to make him number one um, contender because he was originally waiting for a title shot. So he was the number one contender, and then he got passed up by John Jones, who ended up you know, taking the fight, winning, and he's already got his fight that was already rescheduled before Rashad was able to fight again. So he will be number one contender if he beats Tito, which I don't know if you can say that's totally fair, but it's so weird with Tito just because I don't even know where he where he's at. Uh, now, they said, uh, Dana said that if, if uh, Tito wins, that won't necessarily be, mean he's a number one contender, but he said that he's in the mix or in the top three or whatever else that you want to call Honestly, it. So he would still be a win away. If Tito Ortiz beats Rashad Evans, that means he just knocked off the two. Brian Bader was the previous number one contender in in, in at the two hundred five. Fighting, fighting, fighting for, for, I'm sorry, fighting for the number one contender position. Rashad Evans is the number one contender. I mean, I won't say it puts him exactly up there because you're making up for five years of losing. But it puts him at least in the top ten, and then people are talking about. Him. I think if you put him against enough, like whoever is going to be the next top contender, I say it puts him up there. I mean, I say he he is in contention. I mean, I know, I, and that's that seems scary. So, it seems so funny to say that at this point. But <laughs> you know what? Just just to, just to just to fuck things up, I hope and I hope Tito wins this fight, <laughs> and then. I hope then, you know, another fight gets scheduled and then there's another crazy injury thing that happens and somehow he jumps, you know, and ends up fighting for a title in like 2011. That would be hilarious. That would be great. And on top of that, I honestly hope Rashad, I mean, I hope Rashad gets kicked out if he loses this fight just because, (laughs) I mean, you know, just to show exactly what happens to a big pussy when you want to wait around for over a year and a half to get your title shot. I mean, that's. You know, shit like that. I mean, like you're in a you're in an entertainment business, and you, you you're 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 a pussy at that point. You are not a man. You are supposed to go against the best of the best. And if you want to be considered the best person in the world or in your division, then you need to fight the best. And don't so you pussing out for over a year so you can get your little time in the cage when you know on your terms. I, I honestly I hope he loses. And I will be cheering for Tito in this fight. I, I still think the the biggest mistake that uh, Rashad has made in his career is not fighting at 185. Um, he yes. he's he's not big enough to be fighting at 205. He should have dropped. And a extremely dominating wrestler, he could have been fought for the title a couple of times now. And he is, you know, he's a guy that could have given, you know, Anderson Silva, you know, trouble at one point. But, you know, we never know. He's going to be a 205er and he's I don't think he's going to end up being a, uh, a champ again. I just don't see it. Yeah, neither do I. And then also, Ryan, uh, we, we've been we've been dancing around this for a while. 
five round fights in the UFC. Dana White comes out and he says, we are going to start having uh, t- fights that are not not necessarily title contention fights. But we're gonna have to start. We're gonna start doing the main event as a five-round fight, no matter what. So fights that were previously three rounds against, you know, top top-level guys are actually gonna be five-round fights now. So what do you? What, what does that mean for the sport? What do you think about it? What is it? What does that mean, man? I like it. I would have liked to have there have been an option to make co-main events also the case, um, where they can you know, they could potentially make those five round fights as well. And, and the thing is they could, if they wanted to, um, because there's some of those fights that you just want to, to go further. There's not that decisive winner in three rounds. And so I, I think it just depends on the particular matchup, whether this is, you know, good or bad. If, you know, if, if we get a five round fight of two heavyweights that are headlining a card and they can't finish each other in the second round by the second round, are we going to see, three rounds of exciting fights after that? Probably not. It's probably just going to be two guys up there, you know, slugging at each other, trying to, you know, get that one shot in at the very end. Right. Um, so it, like I said, it's just going to depend on the, on the particular fight. I think where the biggest effect of this is, is going to be, you know, when you've got late replacements like this, Ooh. where you get a guy, you know, would have Tito have taken this fight had it been a five round fight. Now this fight was announced before, um, the before Dana White made the announcement of all the main cards being right. five round fights, so this doesn't apply to it. But would that have affected who they could have found an opponent? Absolutely, absolutely. And what would have happened if somebody couldn't agree to it? And then you have to bump up the co-main. Well, now the co-main who were training for a three round fight are now fighting for a five round fight. That seems it, it almost Unfair. makes it, it makes almost every guy then prepare for five round fights and which you know everyone sh- maybe they are saying at this point like well they should be playing for five round fights they're you know they're professional no that's completely bullshit you can you're you right. come at a fight completely different at a completely different angle if you have two extra rounds to go out an extra 10 minutes essentially an extra 60 percent of time to go at the same fighter it's a completely different game plan right. you change everything about the game now i will say now my opinion on it is I, as a fan i like it I want to see him in the cage longer, and you just touch on what you said. You know, you want to see a lot of things, and and it, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch. I mean, who doesn't like watching more fights? My big problem with it is kind of what you said. Like as a sport, I mean, I, and my my issue with it was I like seeing the the defending champ have an edge. You know, what I mean, I like seeing them be have been in it for a while, and not only do you have to come in. And fight him, but you have to come in on his terms, on his ground, and dominate him. You know what I mean? Like I like seeing it in their backyard, and and if you kind of honestly, if you put them in a position to where like they're more they're more ready for it, that takes away from like the home the home advantage of the champ. And I like I like having a champ having a little bit more of an advantage over the other fighters because that makes the other fighters like really step up to the challenge as opposed to oh this is just like my last fight. And that that's my big problem with it. I would say the that that's going to be more favorable um, the further down as far as the weight classes that you get. So the lighter the weight classes, the bigger the advantage of that comes down because then you tend to have more fights that go to decision at the lighter weight classes. And so, yes, that's where it makes a big difference into where a reigning champ will have a, you know, a big advantage because he's fought several five round decision, you know, gone to the decision in a five round fight before. Um, in the upper weight divisions, or also depending on the particular fighter, because some fighters, they're not looking to, you know, to fight past the first couple of rounds. Right. Um, you know, you have a guy like Melvin Gillard that goes out and fights the way that he does, or Joe Lazon. Those guys are not fighting to fight decisions. They're going out there to finish it and finish it as fast as they, they, they can. And just the nature Make of fighting money. like that, you are going to end up gassing by the time you get through two rounds of fighting heavyweights. It doesn't make a damn bit of difference because it doesn't matter, you know, how good a shape you're in. Um, unless you're like 206 pounds and you are in an incredible shape, you are going to struggle to fight five round fights. And now this comes in and now this also puts into play of negotiations of a fight. Um, you know, you were touching on it earlier, like, you know, these last minute replacements for a fight. It's like, well, or not, not even, not even that, but the negotiating for a fight and like your man, like you're, you're putting more variables into the equation now. And now let's say I have, you know, uh, you know, let's say I have like a possible contender for your future who you want headlining on the fight. Where he, Do you think he's going to be like, 
I will fight on this card as long as it's not a three-round fight or as long as it's a five-round fight or vice versa. I mean, at that point in time, it's like, do, do you start negotiating the slot at which the fighter fights? Does he want to go to the co-main yes. event or do yeah. you go to the main event? And at that time, then you have to get both people on the same page. You have to get both fighters on the same page. If they're not willing to do that, then we're seeing fights get shit-canned because of the negotiations involved with it. Yeah, well, you know, yes, it's going to change negotiations. You're, you're absolutely right, and I think already they they're negotiating slots and cards. That's just going to be the nature of it because when you're a headliner, you know, you're guaranteed that full walkout time, and 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 so you get more from your sponsors and everything else. So you want to be sponsored either you know co-main event or, or main event. Now, um, the big changes, the biggest impact it's going to have are going to be on like your fight night cards, the UFC on versus. And the um, and the tough finales as well because those are your smaller fights. They do not have title fights in in those you know at those events. It's only pay per view events or numbered UFC events where they'll have title fights. So the guys that are usually fighting on that, you know, you're gonna have you know lesser guys. They're gonna be fighting five round fights. So that's going to be something where it's really going to change there. And then you also got to have in consideration for the guys that are fighting, you know, that, that co-main event. So, you know, like what happened with the, the Mark, the Marquardt thing where that ended up getting scrapped and uh, Congo and Barry ended up having to fight as main event, even though they were co-main event up to the day of the fight. Right. Um, and now so are you going to change it to a five round fight? You guys negotiated for the three round. I mean, I don't know. It just, it puts, it puts a, a kink in there that I think is actually now now that I think about it a little bit more, it will possibly be negative for the fans. I mean, you know, Dana White is a fan of the sport. I know he's a businessman, but you know, at the end of the day, he likes seeing good fighters go and fight good fights. You know what I mean? But but putting this extra wrench in there, you you're leaving so much up for negotiation now. And when you have negotiation, you see things like we saw in boxing where these dream fights that we originally wanted to see I mean I'm not saying it's going to be across the board but these these fights that you want to see end up not happening because of the middlemen and because of all the variables that like well my fighter wants this my fighter wants that yeah, th there's a little bit more of that, but the thing is, everybody wants to fight in the UFC. They've got that accidental health insurance that they came out with this past year. That's a huge value to the fighters that they don't get in any other organization, and that is such a huge, you know, um, recruitment tool for them to uh, to, to be under a Zufa contract. Um, and you know, the UFC owns the market, so everybody just wants to fight for them anyway. So. Um, you know, anybody that's a, a major competitor. So, yeah, but if you have like a big name fire, I mean, let's let's talk heavyweights for a second. I mean, if you have a guy, let's say like a Roy Nelson, who I mean, and I'm just throwing that out there because, you know, he's overweight. But he's like, let's say he wants to, you know, he wants to fight a three round fight. And let's say you put him against, you know, a lighter, smaller guy or, you know, someone who can go five rounds and doesn't mind it. I mean, you know, at that point, it's like, well. You you have to negotiate it, and and I don't I don't know, man. It's just I, I it, he's got enough star power at this point to where he's got a big chip in his a big big you know a big thing in his corner that can help him out with that. It's like no, we're gonna actually get to do a three round fight. So I don't know, man. I think uh, I think if I I think if they just tell them, do you want to fight on this card? Yes or no? Yes. Okay. These are your rules. You don't have a, a say in it. Then at that point, I I like it, but. Um, if you leave it up to managers going back and forth, it's, I don't think it's going to be good. Yeah. I think, I think the big thing is just going to be that late, the late replacement, having to find a new fighter on very short notice to main card a fight. As far as moving fighters up in the actual card where they're already, uh, you know, uh, prepping to fight. I think a guy that would be, you know, like a main card fighter for him to go from, you know, first slot on the pay-per-view to, you know, being offered a main event. I think just the money that the money increase coming with that is going to be enough to, to sway a lot of these guys just to go ahead and take the fight. So I hope so, uh, man. All right, man. Well, we beat this horse dead. We, it, it, is, it is fucking dead. We're just humping at this point. So, um, what do you got for next week, Ryan? What do we got? What do we got? Uh, we've got the, uh, the Fedor fight, um, where we're going to see Fedor get, uh, put to sleep for the first time you think you think so i you know i i think it's gonna be good i think it's probably gonna go to decision because i mean both those guys have legit shins they both have you know they just swing for the fences um i don't know i i see it going to the decision but i hope it goes to the decision because honestly i want to see him fight for the entire three rounds or it, it is a three round fight right yeah that's the three round fight yeah so it, it's gonna be good it's gonna be good Yep, so we got that to look forward to. So Absolutely. So maybe uh, come get our predictions for next week next, guys. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe if you want them. I think you should because we'll be 
having our payday picks of the week. Who wants to miss out on that, Ryan? That's a money-making opportunity right there. <laughs> that's and that's hard, how you make the, and These hard you economic make. times, man, you need that money. You need to make, make that Mike, that script, baby. So, uh, you guys, it's been fun. Um, you know, check us out on MMA in the Cage at Gmail. Or if you guys have any questions, throw us an email at MMA in the Cage at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on Facebook and do whatever you need to. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. If you guys have any questions about MMA, relationship advice, life, or just some bullshit you want to ask me and Ryan, hit us up on Facebook and Twitter, or send us an email at MMAInTheCage at gmail.com. Yeah.